All of the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords for the segment. We're joined by Adam in the studio. Good morning. Good morning, Lena. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday and happy <laughs> post-holiday. <Yeah. laughs> How was it? Um, it came, it went. Um, okay. uh, Got the t-shirt. Yes, yes, I checked it off <laughs> and it, it just it feels like I'm in this uh, never-ending food coma. It's not food a, coma. It's you not have a, a bad yeah. thing, but I suppose no. I ate a little too much. Yeah. I mean, that's what holidays are for. Do you they? think so? Yeah, sure. it's only a small proportion of the year. <laughs> I mean, you know, let yourself go for just a little bit, a few days. I do believe in that entire theory that if your stomach does expand, like it doesn't yeah. want to shrink, it just wants to I stay know. that size. Like, Why does it have to be like that? Why was science made like that? I mean, seriously. The gosh. human body. <laughs> uh, everything that's bad for you tastes good. If yes. it's good for you, it tastes bad. Well, well, well. Some, some, well, yeah. some taste decent. They're getting better, yeah. <laughs> Depends how you cook it up, I guess. Not a big fan of salad, are you? Uh, no, I like salad. Oh, okay. Alongside, like, meat and stuff. <laughs> all right, all right. To each their own. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Happy to be here. Let's jump into our keyword news segment as we try to clarify some of these major headlines for you. This is our first pick of the day. Omicron surge. So it was widely expected, especially mm. with a lot of movement during the Lunar New Year holiday. Korea's mm. daily COVID cases have exceeded 20,000 for the first time, mainly mm. due to the Omicron spread. The government accordingly is set to be reviewing new measures mm. to contain the surge. We're talking about social distancing measures. that will also be tweaked a little bit too, right? Yeah, I mean, it, remember the time when we yeah. thought like 2,000 cases was uh, very high? And it, now it sounded alarm, right? Yeah, it sounded alarm bells. And uh, 20,000 now... Uh, uh, Many have been uh, predicting it. So it was inevitable uh, because of this Omicron surge. Uh, and health officials are reviewing how to adjust the current virus curves to tailor to this Omicron surge and has been doing so. We're currently under those uh, kind of measures at the moment as well. Mm -hmm. uh, an exact announcement will actually be made tomorrow, so uh, nothing's for sure at the moment. We'll have to see what is announced tomorrow. Uh, the current measures uh, that are catered to the Omicron variant so will actually expire on Sunday, so this will be the measures uh, that will be taken after that, mm. so the uh, next week. Um, now, the, it is likely to be toughened again. Uh, we'll have to see again. Nothing's been confirmed. Uh, and, the, and the government did warn us of this. It did say that virus curbs will be tailored to the pandemic situation a couple of times if sure. need be. Now, officials wanted to contain the spread uh, of critically ill patients. That's where the focus was. But the current surge is much faster than initially thought. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to see. Uh, they also wanted to minimize restrictions that are damaging to small businesses. So, again, it'll be interesting to see how they will manage to balance, balance those two out. Yeah, balance that out. Uh, they say they are collecting opinions still on how to control the current spread and that the, no final decision has been made. Uh, the Prime Minister Kim Bugyum has also urged everyone who went to their hometowns during the holiday to get tested before getting go, uh, going back to uh, daily lives. Now, a post-holiday surge is also inevitable and the caseload could surge even further, possibly the 30,000s. That was a number that was expected uh, probably 
around about this time anyway. Mm. We haven't quite reached it, but uh, of course it is just a day after the holiday period, so mm. those numbers will inevitably highly likely go up. So it seems that those daily caseloads mm. will highly be on an upward incline as mm-hmm. we speak, but will it just be a post-holiday spike or will mm. it be more manageable? Can our medical system hold up? These kinds mm. of questions will be answered in the form of new policies introduced tomorrow, right? Yes. All right, on to our second keyword of the day. Cases drop. Uh, in the United States, meanwhile, cases have been dropping. The mm. country was one of the global hotspots for COVID-19. So exactly what's the situation like there now? Yeah, the U.S. daily case rate has dropped below 500,000 for the first time in nearly a month. 425,000 cases were reported on Tuesday. It fell by 44% over the past two weeks. Uh, the country is now reporting a seven-day average of about 450,000 new cases per day. That's down 36%. Uh, over the past two weeks. Some parts of the country are seeing encouraging signs and cases and hospitalizations are easing nationwide as well. Mm. Uh, However, though, experts do continue to caution that case levels do remain much higher than previous surges. Uh, The death toll is also quite high as well, uh, reaching its highest level in about a year, actually, uh, uh, a rise of 39% over the Mm. past two weeks. So, yes, the case numbers are down, but again, those uh, deaths uh, are still increasing, unfortunately. Mm. And if we just look at the uh, the caseload itself, I mean, it's still six digits, which is quite high. But, of course, we have to consider the size of the country as well. That's also true. A lot of people unvaccinated still in the U.S., Um, so there are a lot of factors to take in. All right. Uh, Europe is not seeing a surge of cases, but many uh, countries there are easing mm. virus curbing measures. What's the yeah. latest? I should be seeing a surge of I cases. I was going to say, because right? uh, they have yeah. been breaking small, but still significant records each yeah. day, which is why it's ironic that they mm. would want to loosen standing social right. distancing rules. Yeah, but they are. I mean, bit by bit, many countries are opening up and they're easing their tough and often uh, unpopular restrictive measures. I think they they have been under a lot of pressure uh, to ease them, and they think they ha- I think they have fallen fallen to that pressure. Denmark, for one, has lifted all of its domestic COVID-19 restrictions. There was a lot of controversy over that, uh, including the wearing of face masks as well. And it is the first European Union country to do so. France is actually also the latest country in Europe to begin lifting restrictions, not quite to the extent as Denmark, uh, but France is also seeing a record high of infections as well. Mm. The Netherlands has also reopened bars, restaurants and museums, although they must close at 10pm, so there is a curfew there. Uh, Not all countries are easing measures, though. Some Mm. are actually toughening them. Austria, for one, is set this week to become the first country in Europe to actually introduce a national COVID-19 vaccine mandate for all adults. So all citizens aged 18 and over will need to be fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated, that is, so two shots, if need be, uh, against the virus or face fines of up to 3,600 euros. That's quite hefty. And they will have until March 15th to comply with the new legislation, which is actually set to be approved on Thursday, local time. All right. So it does seem like Austria Austria is taking actually Mm. a very different stance as opposed to the other European countries you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah. All right. uh, We'll leave it there for now with our COVID-19 coverage. On to our third keyword of the day. 
Last missing found. So we're returning to a local headline. The landslide accident at a quarry in Yangju last week, which buried a few workers. The last missing body is said to have been found. Mm. Uh, what's the latest? It's a bit unfortunate that the word body has to be yeah. uh, tied to this. But yes, the discovery came four days after three workers were buried while making holes for demolition work at the quarry. Uh, the last missing worker was unfortunately found dead. Uh, the bodies of the two other victims were also found on Saturday, again found dead. Uh, the search operations had been hampered by huge amounts of soil due to the landslide, which was estimated to be 20 metres tall, uh, according to officials. So I think that impeded the, the time that it took. If maybe they had a bit uh, less time, if they were managed to find the missing people quicker. Right. Who knows, maybe their lives could have been saved. Mm. Now, the quarry is run by Sampyo Industry. The government had raided a regional office of the company on Monday to check if the firm had taken unnecessary safety, uh, necessary rather, safety right. measures. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, safety measures in the workplace uh, as of late. Uh, so trying to avoid these industrial accidents. Mm-hmm. And in fact, a new law went into effect recently. Mm. It seems like this story with Sampio industry became the first to be investigated. Exactly. So it was only just recently that that yeah. law took effect, the workplace disaster law, as, be, as it's being called. It went yeah. into effect last week, in fact. And this is where the owners and the CEOs of companies, so the uh, upper echelons and the higher-ups with yeah. uh, five or more employees can face a minimum of a one-year jail term or a fine of up to one billion won in the event of a serious workplace disaster. This law, there's a lot of uh, talk and debate over it due mm. to the kind of the vague nature of it, but right. uh, we'll have to see how this plays out. This is actually the first case in right. which this law pu- uh, could be uh, applied to, so we'll have to see what the results or any court rulings, if there are any, come out. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it's 50 or more employees, is it not? But I'll double mm. check and let our listeners know, because that's oh. also one of the big criticisms that mm. maybe it should be extended to companies with a smaller body of people Mm -hmm. or employees because accidents happen there as well. Mm -hmm. There's also been a discovery of a body at the building collapse in Gwangju, Mm. another construction site. Yeah, rescue workers collected uh, one more person who was trapped under the rubble uh, at the site. The unidentified man was recovered on the 28th floor of the damaged apartment building. Uh, The search operation has been going on uh, for three weeks. He is the second um, worker recovered from the collapsed building since the first man was found dead on January 14th. Um, There are still four other workers that remain missing and the search operations for them uh, are continuing. All right, and on to our fourth keyword of the day. Jobs recovery. All right, so good news on the jobs front as the labor market seems to be picking up, especially in new ventures and startups. Mm. Um, it is really particular um, yeah. where where it's picking up, but still, yeah. I guess it's worth talking about this morning. Yeah, it is particular where it's picking yeah. up, but it is a pickup nonetheless. So it's, uh, <laughs> it is some bright news yeah. on that front. I mean, job numbers in SMEs and the private sector as a whole are mm. actually showing a recovery, according to uh, Labor Ministry data anyway. Mm. Uh, the ministry says regular workers have also gone up as well and mm. are now growing by a large margin. Uh, It also noted that the proportion of those being employed by 
government support programs have actually decreased. That may sound like bad news, but it's actually good news because this means that more people are now being employed through private sector recruitment, so the normal way people get jobs. Uh, now, the sectors with the most job additions were uh, the tech and science industries, as well as non-contact businesses, which is quite fitting uh, considering the pandemic. There's sure. been a lot of these kind of non-contact related businesses that have been popping up mm. since the pandemic. Mm. Uh, the tech and science sectors uh, took up uh, uh, nearly 60% of the job growth last year, in fact. Uh, and the proportion of regular workers also hit a, regu- uh, a record high. So this means that the quality of jobs uh, is actually increasing as well, according to government data. Mm, at least at these ventures and startups. Yeah, yes. All right, on to our fifth keyword of the day. Convenience stores. Uh, convenience stores have been enjoying a surge in sales amid the pandemic as well. It's close by. It's mm. convenient. <laughs> <laughs> and now they have overtaken large supermarkets too. That's mm. truly surprising. Yeah. Run us through the numbers. It's kind of like a David versus Goliath uh, battle. Ex- and precisely. <laughs> David has uh, won in the end. Uh, the three big convenience store chains. But... Having said this, those three chains, the parent companies are actually conglomerates <laughs> as well. So, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, do take it with a grain of salt. Uh, mm. Now, they, they are GS25, CU, uh, and 7-Eleven. They took up 15.9% of the retail industry last year. Um, the three big supermarket chains took up 15.7%. Uh, percent. Oh, so by a small margin, Very but still small margin. significant. Yeah, they st- it's just the fact that they overtook those supermarket chains is yeah. uh, kind of the, the meaningful thing here. Yeah. Um, and it is actually the first time for the smaller chains to overtake the larger chains. Now, mm-hmm. the numbers collected by the trade ministry also included online retailers. But if we just look at the offline stores, the brick and mortar stores, convenience stores took up uh, nearly 33% while it was just uh, over 30% for supermarket chains. Mm. Um, this is mostly due to more people opting to buy goods from nearby stores. As you mm. said, it's more convenient, uh, especially <laughs> amid the pandemic, um, rather than large stores where risk of infection is also higher. Exactly. Parking is a bit inconvenient at these <laughs> larger And we wanted to stores. avoid crowds and usually supermarkets yeah. would have a bigger crowd. Yeah. Uh, and if there is a crowd at these supermarkets, yeah. there's often a long line to actually purchase your items as well at the Mm. counters. Um, Last supermarkets actually saw uh, sales drop as well, 2.3% on year. Convenience stores saw their sales go up Mm. by nearly 7%. So Mm. they are certainly becoming the trend at Mm. the moment. I know this headline is largely about convenience stores overtaking the supermarkets, which was kind of our way of grocery shopping, the primary way. But I mean, maybe we should also consider the fact that online grocery shopping has also Mm. become significantly bigger during this pandemic. Online uh, shopping is still the winner, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think they've got some ways to go if they want to beat the online stores. It's a bit unbeatable at the moment. It's convenient. They bring your produce to your door at like six in the morning. Yeah, I know. All right. On to our last keyword of the day. Promotional reviews. Social media influencers are still found to be actively promoting goods and services without being transparent on whether they were paid or not. Mm. So if it's a 
paid thing. It's an ad and you have to disclose that information to your viewers. It certainly is an ad if you are paid for yeah. it. This is uh, an issue that was uh, quite big, uh, I think, uh, not so long ago uh, in terms of uh, YouTube uh, influences anyway. But and even, to... even big stylists, I won't right. name her because I know she's trying to like make a comeback as we speak, mm. but you know she was on all the major broadcasters yeah. and it was made apparent that product placement was disclosed without you know letting the viewers really know. Yeah, so anyway. I, yeah, I was kind of one of those issues where greed kind of took over yeah. uh, integrity, I think. Uh, and mm. uh, unfortunately, it's still going on, according to the Fair Trade Commission, which has been cracking down on such activities. And uh, after introducing relevant law as well, when uh, it found that more than 17,000 posts online violated the law last year. Mm. And these include positive reviews for goods and services after receiving payment for mm. those reviews. Uh, Instagram <laughs> was found to have the most violations, taking up more than half. We see a lot of posts with a, a hashtag advert or hashtag quango yeah. in it but uh, the problem is that they're not very visible <laughs> the, uh, yeah and they're way down in the description where you have to press another button to see it so um, yeah that was a that's actually counted as a violation of the law. Oh, is that so? Yeah, uh, Naver Blogs, so they basically have to be very visible. Uh, Naver Blogs came in second, followed by YouTube. Mm. Uh, and as I said, this is a, an ongoing issue that was raised uh, not so long ago by these big YouTubers. Uh, so, yeah, be transparent if you're a social mm. media giant uh, um, influencer. Yeah, part of the social media giant movement, mm. isn't it? Um, I think that's what's expected from your viewers and followers, too. Yeah. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. We'll see you tomorrow. You're see you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.